anyway, Halloween's coming up. That's that's a hoot. That's a hoot and a holler. That's Patty. And she takes her Halloween. Let's talk about something serious. Halloween. Very seriously. It's, well, it's my favorite time of year. It smells good. It feels good. You can put your boots and your sweater on. The trees look amazing here in old, good old Alameda. Um, it's a busy time of year for me. Because she's a giant witch. And because she rallies her hometown of Alameda to decorate their houses for Halloween. She holds contests. Judging takes place as to the most spooky house. And she also opened up a little shop that sells delightful horrors. Um, yes, it's my favorite time of year. And it's time to pause and reflect for me on our lost loved ones. So today on Dead to Me, Patty and I talk about dead loved ones. Or really, Patty tells me about hers. After my dad died, I was uh, laying in bed one morning. And suddenly I had this, I, I've never thought, I mean, as much as death was part of our family in its uh, Irish fashion, I never s contemplated my own death. I never, never felt the need or, or whatever. Um, but after my father died, a light went on and it was like, what, what if, what if that is it? What, what if? What of all the work and all the love and all the art my father did, it, it, he is just gone. It is scientifically, it is just a matter of nature that he is just past, you know, he's, he's, um, and I got really afraid for the first time about death. And that was, I was, you know, I'm, I'm an old lady. So it was the first time it really struck me, wow. I never bought in to heaven and all that stuff, but I've always had a sense that your spirit lives, your 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 essence does live on. Of course, it's too powerful. Uh, uh, we're too powerful as creations in nature to just disappear. But then, like magic, things happen. Things happen when you least expect them. That, at least for me. Remind me, holy shit, my dad isn't far away from me at all. For Patty, she was chilling in the backyard of her sweet-ass Alameda digs. And I had never heard that piece, The Lark Ascending. And if you listen to it, and, you know, you, 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 of course you won't experience what I experience. I, I would highly doubt that, but you would, you might be able to discern Oh yes, I could see where that would be very emotional for someone because it's such a beautiful piece of music, obviously on its own. So, but I felt like my dad sent me that piece, even though I, I have no way of knowing if he ever heard it himself. I think uh, it was a message. All the I, I started thinking about all the things my father never got to do, you know, or and. I yeah, um, you know, I, I feel like my, I, I know this isn't a therapy session, but I know, I know there were a lot of missed, uh, my father gave up a lot to be my mother's husband. I guess that's a nice way of putting things. And I felt that, and sometimes he would actually, 
indicate that verbally about certain things he he laments, you know, lamented and everything. So I started focusing on he's not getting to do that somewhere else now. He hasn't just trans gone to another place, as people say. He's gone. And all his his energy is gone. It passed. I don't feel like that way anymore. But it became suddenly, what if that is the option? What if that is truly, and there's a lot of people who believe that, not just atheists or people like that, scientists, whatever. Um, but it was the first time I ever considered, oh yeah, you really are just gone. So when I heard that piece, I felt like that was my dad telling me, no, you're wrong. That, you know, I mean, we, we justify and, and do all these things, but I, I honestly felt it in my bones. That was a, a sign that, he's not just gone. But I had to go through that very awkward, horrible sort of, uh, you know, process, as they say. I miss him every day. He's, I like, I see he's in my shop. He looks over me. I know he'd be so happy. Oh, so that's right. In the beginning of this conversation, Patty gave me a little tour of her shop. And so what you're going to hear now is the fumblings of two nincompoops trying to figure out how to virtually tour a space. Hold on. Wait. Oh, see, I... Oh! Stand by. Now watch it disconnect or something. Hold on. She points the camera of her computer above her door. He's in all his cowboy regalia. It's her dad. I ask, why is he in cowboy regalia? Why is he in... Uh, because my father was born and raised in Lake County, California. He was born on a ranch. Uh, he rode a horse to school. He's the real deal. People, anyway, like me, forget is that there's there's actual farm country outside of Iowa. <laughs> you know? I mean, but really. Um, in, in California, they think it's Disneyland or grapes. They don't know that there's any other kind. And now uh, Facebook. I asked her to tell me more about her dad's birthplace. Lake County uh, is rural. It is, uh, I, as I said before, he grew up on a wall and they had a walnut orchard and they had cattle. And um, he did, he had... He went to school in a one-room schoolhouse, and he rode his horse to school, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, in the years since he, and then he got, joined the Navy, and he moved away. But um, in the years hence, Lake County has been more known for its meth. I mean, this is, oh, Patty. Mm, mm, mm. So he, I think he, he always missed, uh, he missed uh, his homeland, even though it was only three hours away, but he settled, he, he settled where my mother was from, which is Alameda. And he, he adapted to a office position, which is just not who he was at all. You know, he, he took on all this um, stuff that was actually my mother's idea of what a happy family would be. Foreshadowing, and I think I think he did it. I mean, he did it with love. He did it willingly. But come on, when it's so far from 
what you are intuitively. Of course, there are times when he would be a little nostalgic or sad or whatever you want to call it. Because he, he didn't, I don't believe he lived the life that he really wanted to live. I don't know. I can't speak to whether he regretted it or not, but it, I think it was. Um, you have to have a reason for saying that, though. Well, because he was an artist. And art took up probably uh, actually the least bit of his time, which is to me, I'm, I'm, I'm projecting because that to me, that's heartbreaking. Um, and I have reason to believe that he lamented that as well at times. So that's, that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes, you know. Um, the other thing is my father's one wish was he did not want to die in the hospital. And he said, take me out with my boots on. You know, that's, he wanted to be. And through a mishap with the hospice, it's a long, awful story, but my father did end up back in the hospital, which was never supposed to happen. And I'll tell you, uh, my brother came and he, uh, we had to talk to the doctors about what to do because they didn't want to release him back home. They were like, "He's just not. He he won't make the he won't make the journey." And uh, my brother, who had all the legal, you know, say and everything, um, he talked to me and he said, I, "I think, I think this is it. I think this is you know." And I just kept saying, "But he he." He, want, he doesn't want to be here. He needs to go home. He needs to go home. And so there was all this Michigas. And uh, I went in, while my brother was talking to the doctor about what this would all could look like and what could happen, I went into my dad's room and I said, Dad, I, the doctors and, and Brian are saying that, you you know, you might have to just stay here. And um, my father... <laughs> My father took my hand and he said, it's okay, kiddo. And uh, it was the biggest gift he could have ever given me because I was his hospice caretaker. And I felt like that was my one charge that I had. And um, it, it felt like I had let him down. And uh, I knew how much he hated being in that hospital, but he still told me it was okay. And um, it was the best gift he ever could have given me ever. And then he died. He died that night in the hospital. <laughs> so, you know, the lark is sending. <laughs> I wasn't there. I wasn't there because we did not expect it to happen so soon. I mean, he what he really wanted was to be sent off like a Viking. He wanted to be in his little fishing boat set on fire and sent out into the bay. So somewhere in between would have been nice, but unfortunately, he didn't he didn't have a good death, I'm afraid. He he had the he had the mindset, he had the wherewithal to know that that was his he that was his one last thing as a dad he could do for me. And he did it. And as I told you, my mother, on the other hand, died on Christmas Eve because my brother said she had to ruin one last thing. So, <laughs> so, so you see the dichotomy there. So not all grief or not all deaths look alike, even within the same family. 
And you know what? That's fucking a-okay. Because you get to grieve however you want to. And Patty does. Here's the, here's the best way I know how to put it in perspective for me. The first diapers I ever had to change were my father's. I would never have changed my mother's diapers. I mean, I just couldn't have put myself in that frame of mind to be able to do that. Um, it's kind of, uh, it's a gross way to, to look at it, but I think it's very telling. Um, I would have done anything for my father. And I did towards the end, you know, and when he was in hospice, I was called to do many, 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 many things that were poopy. Um, but my mom was on her own. She, we put her in assisted living, you know, we, we had caretakers for her because you, you do reap what you sow a little bit. And she just sowed not very much stuff. I mean, she sowed all the wrong things. And so nobody was willing to step up to do it. And in my, in my defense, I had just done it for my dad two years earlier. So I was burnt out, but that's more of an excuse than I, you know, my mother was famously uh, quoted as saying, and I know it wasn't original, but she did always say, we're dying from the minute we're born. And so when you're five or six, you know, you might've been scared of Bigfoot, but I was scared of the Grim Reaper. A point of clarification, I was not afraid of Bigfoot. I was obsessed with Bigfoot. Oh, can I tell you something else that was beautiful? He didn't want a service, but he didn't, he, I know, this was scandalous. So unless you were raised by a grumpy old batch of hardcore Catholics, you won't get the fact that this was scandalous because the belief was and is through some people that if you're a Catholic and you aren't given a full-on Catholic mass, well, you just disappear. He did not want a funeral. He did not want any kind of mass church-related situation, which came as a very big shock and insult to my mother. She did know, but she tried to, you know, she tried to get past it and say, oh, no, of course he would. So my brother had to put his foot down and say, no, he did not want that. But in my mother's service, okay, so which was two years later, at the church, at our local church, lo and behold, there was the eight-foot wooden cross that my father had made probably in the 80s for Easter Mass in our church, and they wheeled it out and so at my mother's service there was a piece of my father's art on the altar um so that's the closest they came to having their uh you know their in church being together again so that was kind of odd i didn't expect that that was a shock and of course it stole the show the cross stole the show it was like oh my god look how beautiful that cross is (laughs) my mother he gets the last word after all this is my funeral. Piss off. This chat goes on for literally another hour and a half. 
things start to take a turn, for example. When you proclaimed, someone was talking about the, not the Winn-Dixie, or was it Piggly Wiggly, and you, and you, and you proclaimed, this has gone down in Andy Copsa history, so it better be correct. You mean the one that smells like cooch? We could talk for hours. Just We just bounce off the walls. That's how all conversations are with, I, I'm the one with the ADD. Because I want to talk to, I want to talk to you about everything. And it's just not possible, you know. Well, and we actually did talk about everything. However, that's for another day. Until then, happy Halloween.